Welcome, folks, to Game Source ep- <laughs> Podcast Episode 70. Woo! Already tonight. Starting Say up. that 10 times fast. Yeah, tell me about it. So, we are working on a skeleton crew tonight. We just have me, Gerald, and Bryce. Yes, it's again another beautiful day in paradise. Start of these podcasts are becoming much more fluid, wouldn't you agree? Uh, if you say so, sir. <laughs> I edit them, so, you know, hopefully they'll remain that way. Uh, what's, yes. what's going on, Bryce? How are you, sir? Hello, everybody. It's been a long time. Yes, it has been, but uh, you, you are uh, always welcome and always appreciated to be uh, a great part of the podcast. And believe me, uh, you know, what you bring to the to the table as far as the knowledge on video gaming is second to none. I just want to be second to Nick, you know. Second to Nick. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to be second to me. Yes, there you go. Are you sure you're not transposing those words and you mean everybody's sick of me? Well, if you say so, yes, I'm sick of Nick. (laughs) See, honesty is the best policy. But I do have to compliment you, sir. Um, I did want to say we are looking forward to E3 and, and Nick just hurts me to say this, has done an outstanding job of gathering together many interviews and contacts that we'll be able to bring to you uh, once we get down to the E3 floor and talk to developers and whatnot. And uh, Nick and Jamie have have been integral parts in obtaining uh, a lot of uh, interviews in advance uh, for this. So I have to say job well done uh, on a public platform. So I know that you know, that hurt like you have no idea. I know that hurt you say that, Gerald. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, Gerald's. Uh, you know, Gerald's got a good point. We got a lot of exciting content we're looking forward to. Uh, you know, we've established uh, some relationship with uh, Nintendo. Um, the big accomplishment for us, of course, if you've been following us, and um, you know, an opportunity to possibly take a uh, look at the next uh, installment of The Witcher. And uh, I know Jamie recently passed on some news to us about uh, Podesta, which I'm pretty excited about. That we uh, are on the uh, PR mailing list for them because I am a fan of some of their work. So, um, but outside of that, as we get more, um, as we establish more of these contacts, you know, of course, uh, check us out and make sure that keep an eye out for the E3 page. Gerald and I should be hammering that out. Uh, what early, late next week, Gerald? Something like that. So, um, and before we kind of you know get into our main topics tonight, uh, and we'll kind of cover this more at the conclusion of the podcast, of course. But uh, you should be expecting since Gerald, to my dismay, um, or I don't know if I'll be saying that once I get there, but um, to my dismay, as of right now, uh, <laughs> Gerald won't be joining us in three. However, um, that leaves him available to get um, all the great content that we will have available for you. Uh, plus, uh, plus also as well, if you uh, have a question, uh, whether or not you go to our forum, uh, on our forum page at www.yourgamesource.com slash forum.html and, and log in and, and have a question there, or you email us directly at yourgamesource at yahoo.com, you can uh, you know ask us on the spot uh, what exactly uh, you need, would like more information on uh, what games uh, or, or developers you'd like us to go check out, and I can just 
you know, send out that tweet uh, via our at Game Source uh, Twitter and just basically uh, send that message out to the guys and they'll check it out for you. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess to start off tonight, you know, for those of you who have been following all the latest trends, either off our Facebook site, website, or other medium, uh, whichever, Microsoft's next Xbox announcement, announcement uh, for uh, May 21st at 10 a.m. Uh, is it really going to be everything we hope for? I, who knows at this point, really. Or is it going to just end up making me more angry than I already am? Well, I did see some headline news. Yes, Gerald, I actually do read some of what you actually put on Facebook about how they're, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the rumor regarding the Xbox always being online has been debunked. Is that correct? Uh, that's an internal memo that's supposedly passed around that that's the case. But um, Like a peace pipe. Well, we like I said, I think the, the fact that it, it got a lot of bad – uh, publicity when the thought was going to be around that that uh, it was going to be always online would be a, a a major topic of issue with a lot of individuals. Uh, I think maybe uh, Microsoft uh, backtracked a little bit, but uh, I'd like to hear more on what uh, Bryce has to say on it. Uh, so Bryce, because uh, I, I know coming back on, it's been a little while since we had it on, so I just want to hear what your thoughts on on what the next Xbox announcement is going to really mean to you or what you're hoping for to, to get out of it as a gamer. I hope it's uh, on par with at least the PlayStation 4. Uh, Specs-wise, games-wise, it's always nice to have some sort of competing companies going together, striving to make the better console, uh, releasing the better standalone games. Uh, you know, Each console has their own select titles unique to, to them. So I'm hoping this just breeds competition. Competition makes everything better for the consumer. Oh, this is true. Now there, it's coming from uh, you know live from Redmond, uh, Washington, actually the home base for Microsoft. Uh, it's only going to be an hour long. Um, Nick, uh, what do you think they're going to just show off in that short hour? Probably. Well, let me put it this way. What would you do if you're Bill Gates, you're running Microsoft, and you are only giving an hour sneak peek into into it right away? What would you do in that hour? Me personally, I would probably show all the concepts and – well, I don't want to say all because you want to leave, you want to leave some mystery for E3 or else, you know, why be there? Because I, you, that's going to be a larger, longer – well, yeah, naturally, I'm sure that's going to be probably a grand display of the upcoming titles and, and the next generation components and, and just system performance and all those other, uh, you know, other related things. Uh, personally, if I had an hour to spend showing the world, I would give them probably what they're going to do, which is just enough to, you know, wet your mouth and leave you um, unfulfilled and undesired at the end of their presentation. So. Probably, you know, it's hard to read them. I, I don't, I can't really tell if they're going to do one of these things where, you know, Sony was like, you know, they like tried to fulfill everybody's wet dream there, and then at the end they didn't end up showing the console. So I don't know if Microsoft is going to follow suite on that and 
show all the the uh, the great features of the Xbox and then go, well, we'll have to show you when you get to E3. I, I mean, competition-wise, I don't know. I, that That's really hard to say. I I think that regarding, you know, what I had discussed just a second ago about, you know, debunking some of the some of the rumors, I think there may be a possibility that they may indicate, uh, you know, what's going to be happening with the used game issue and probably debunking the fact that Xbox may or may not be online, it having to be online for the entire duration of uh, the time you play it. So I maybe think that they're probably going to release key factors I mean, I don't know. What what do you what are your thoughts on it? Well, I just think, you know, in an hour, uh I think I'm going to agree with Bryce on exactly uh what they're going to uh present in that hour. Um there's not going to be any any filler or anything like that. They're just going to hit some direct hard points. Um probably just the basic specs of the unit um if it has a built-in connect. Um Probably not even a price point at this point. I don't just, think so. Don't and as and just at the tail end of, of the last five minutes, five to ten minutes, go and do a brief hand of some of the titles that are coming out at, uh, on it. Um, I did want to ask Bryce though. We touched in uh, episode sixty uh, uh, sixty seven. Um, I think on the always online uh, possibility, um, I did want to get a chance to ask you, do you think Bryce, uh, uh, what, what is your opinion on the always online, uh, format as far as it's concerned? To me, it doesn't really make a difference. My systems are always online unless, um, I pretty much leave them on for a long time. Uh, I think it's just smoother transitioning to be honest. Um, I haven't looked too much into exactly how it works to be on um, what about those people who do not have the luxury of being able to be online this is true for the Xbox Silver members out there I mean I I think that would be a little uh, inconsiderate on Microsoft's part to automatically assume provided I I, I realize that way the revolution is going our generation and future generations everything is being streamlined and you know, look at Apple with the iCloud, Microsoft with the cloud, and and this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other thing. But I mean, that's Mike. That's that's really taking a big leap, and I really think taking a big risk, assuming that every consumer within the United States or without within the world, it has a constant internet source. I I really think that is a very. They did take a big risk, and that's why it got shot down. There was so much negative feedback about it. Yeah, even though most of the people having the feedback are championing the little guys who don't have internet access, most of those people who are complaining are you know have the ability to be on the internet all the time. Yeah, it's just uh, they're just championing the little guys. I mean, it, you know, it's my opinion. You know, it, it is what it is. But, but yeah, I just I just think that was taken. Uh, that that was really probably not very. Not very smooth on their part. Well, it's a, it's a way to create reliable revenue instead of taking chances with people buying Xbox Gold for a year. You know, it, it pretty much guarantees that they're going to have it every month from everyone who owns an Xbox. So they're just trying to keep their revenue high. 
Now, do you think with the new Xbox, I mean, this is all, of course, speculation because we haven't sat through any of the presentations yet or anything. Do you think that there'll be any modification to the way the marketplace works? And do you think uh, they all follow a similar pattern to uh, – well, actually, something I was particularly impressed with with Sony was whether how much applicable use – It'll have, I guess, depends on the type of, of gamer, but do you think they'll follow a similar pattern where Sony introduced a system where you can actually view your friends or family playing and be able to jump in and help a system with the game and then jump back out? Or they'll be able to streamline the system to where you can, when you make a game purchase, whether that's um, you know DLC or other game-related content or purchasing just a full full title do you think they'll integrate it in a way that you can download it but play it as it's downloading again similar to what sony is integrating with their system if if not at launch they'll definitely be working on the technology to do it it's definitely sony has, has definitely impressed everybody with um with those new integrations of the system. I mean, the, the downloading and playing at the same time, it, it, it's not a brand new idea. Computer games do it all the time. You, you pretty much load your launcher, and while the game is is uh, is downloading the newest patch, you can still play online. I mean, it it does cut into your frame rate and your, and your, your gameplay, but overall but I, you're not waiting two hours. But, but I think I'm it's a new sure. concept to, to consoles. Well, it is a new concept to consoles, yes, but... Um, like I said, if they don't are not already working on it, it'll definitely be something they're going to implement because they don't want to be left in the dust when people on PlayStation can jump between games with their friends and people on Xbox are kind of left behind. Yeah. Now, now, Gerald, I know we've discussed this back in our Sony days. The again, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. Maybe wrong on this, but you're wrong. Thank you. Always. As far as Blu-ray technology goes, isn't that a Sony? Sony owns the right to Blu-ray, correct? No, they don't. They are actually co-developers of the technology, along with eight different, I believe, eight different individual companies co-own the technology. So it is not a Sony wholly owned property. How? Now, mind you, mind you. Um, when Microsoft, if this next Xbox has a Blu-ray, it will pay residuals, uh, you know, a small infinitesimal amount of, of residuals to the to the you know the the people responsible for making the Blu-ray. Um, but the benefit of that is uh, full HD 1080, um, and also as well. Uh, the you know the the just sheer capability of holding you know th- you know three times more than the standard DVD that they currently have for their their current Xbox 360. Um, I'm hoping also as well on the slight chance you know or not right now obviously but for down the road that it will the next Xbox will have the capability of going to a 4K format um, because uh, you know uh, a system that you want to stay in place for five, seven, almost ten years has to have some type of technology that will be that will allow it to 
to be able to be updated uh, with whatever the latest and greatest is. But yeah, it is not a Sony wholly owned property. I mean, they, you know, there's so many Blu-ray players out there from no name brands to to all the you know the high end companies from Sony, well, I, Sony I Philips. You know what you have it. They I all that, have but I, I was just I, I thought that they you know had exclusive rights to Blu-ray. They were just you know providing that those rights yeah. to other minor companies to be able to produce those. So. No, no, no. There are several companies involved with the actual physical Blu-ray technology. Um, and I think um, every Blu-ray they get sold or every Blu-ray they, player that gets made pays some type of small, tiny, tiny royalty to this collective fund. And, and you know, I guess Sony gets a little bit of that. But so in essence, Microsoft would be paying Sony, I guess you could say, but it, it obviously isn't something that Sony can, you know, hang its hat on. So I mean, but, just think of think of it like you know when you buy a Blu-ray player, um, a Philips Blu-ray player, or a Panasonic Blu-ray player. I mean, it's the same thing. So well, yeah, and I just think that you know, as coming from the sales side of things, from the retail perspective. That was always something that was really a competing factor. Um, not, I, I mean, it, it is and it is, and I guess it depends on the on the consumer you're trying to to pitch sale to. But for some, Blu-ray capabilities is a very competitive edge that Sony has had with its system over the Xbox, and and Blu-ray, obviously, as you know, brings just an all new you know visual and 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 audio experience you know depending if you have the the appropriate you know optical cables and whatnot to support high definition audio but focusing more solely on the blu-ray side of things uh i really think that xbox having blu-ray capabilities is really going to put it in a in an all new competitive market with sony and I really think that makes what Sony's doing capability-wise with their system even more fundamentally more important now because Microsoft is kind of evening the playing field with the physical capabilities power-wise and just sheer overall functionality of the system. So I really think it's to Sony's advantage and it behooves them to have made the leaps and bounds that they are. And I'm already very impressed with what they have however i'd still like to see a you know an applicable use of it before i can you know it's one thing to to watch it on on a presentation it's another thing to actually see it firsthand and experience it so uh, again even more so why it's important for us to be able to get some um direct well, uh, well uh, the quality aside, it's still an issue of storage. And the Blu-ray, average Blu-ray disc can hold, uh, you know, a single-layer Blu-ray can hold up to 25 gigs. And a dual-layer, um, which eventually what the Xbox had, the 360 had in its later life, is dual-layer um, discs uh, that, were, that were part of its games to hold a little bit extra um, storage space. Uh, in this case, a Blu-ray uh, dual layer would be 50 gigs uh, of storage space, as opposed to, you know, the max uh, eight, eight and a half uh, that a uh, DVD can do now. A dual layer DVD can do now. So, it's a it's a substantial uh, increase in what you can do as far as storage for a game is concerned. 
Well, I mean, and I'm certain that's a benefit for them as well. And then also, like I said, the quality, sheer quality of Blu-ray is is much more substantial than than DVD. So, yeah, absolutely. So they're they're definitely they're definitely taking a step in the right direction. Uh, anyway, but uh, Sony doesn't get the full cut. No. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, Bryce, you got anything else to add on that? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Next major topic of news: Activision will have officially announced its new Call of Duty game, Ghosts. By the time you hear this, oh. well, it's already happened last week. So yes. So then, yes. For yes, sure. You did. You've heard about it. <laughs> Should Seen Activision have stuck with the Modern Warfare tag? Well, actually, they shouldn't have even made another one, in my opinion. But is or is Ghost will provide an interesting diversion for the series. And are you ready for another go around of Call of Duty? Well, no. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm on exhausted talking about this topic. It's just like every time I, I see another Call of Duty, it's just. I, I realize it's a cash cow. I've heard you heard me say this on previous podcasts. I'm not going to harp on it again tonight. It's just the same crap rehashed over and over and over and over and over again, and it will be the same crap rehashed over and over again. And people are still going to buy it. So people know what they like. Uh, all I tell you is, you know, we discussed it in one of probably actually our best videos that you can catch on our. YourGameSource.com YouTube page um, is Call of Duty the the greatest franchise ever, <laughs> and you know I can just tell you right now it's it's just an awesome awesome title you know the franchise I mean just my gosh the money that it's made the gen- the revenue that it's generated the amount of fans that that, that follow it continuously year after year after year um, I was kind of thinking it would be a, something along the lines of Modern Warfare 4 because I think it was uh, if you went off by yearly it was their turn but maybe it's kind of good that they're going to go in a little bit of a, a different direction. Mind you, with the ghosts, it's probably not going to be that dramatic of a turn. But it's nice that they're going a little bit of a different direction with the Call of Duty franchise. So. But but aside from the fact, let's just put aside the financial the financial aspect of it. Okay, let's, let's just, just hold on. It's going to take a minute. Do you have a bulldozer to move all that money to the side? That aside... What makes I, I mean it honestly I I mean you really think them taking the same chemistry that the game have ha, has had and and just basically rehashing the levels making some modifications maybe throwing some new stuff in there and and coming out with another game I I don't I don't I I understand well, it's a fan appeal as as it. as Bryce will tell you. You know, remember he originally talked about the strike force aspect of it, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Bryce? Yes. And it was for many a, a, a very polarizing aspect of whether people loved it or people hated it. Um, but you know what? When all was said and done, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 still had generated approximately 20 million in sales, according to for all the different uh, the, the all three different formats. Um, and that is the overwhelming factor that, you know, 20 million people still uh, enjoyed the game um, that still love getting it year after year after year because they like the little different iterations and changes that, that Activision likes to make. Um, 
do I think they're they're going to make something dramatic like they did last year with the Strike Force? No, I, I think they're actually going to take that part out of it. I think it was just too polarizing for them, and they don't want to just really insult the the player base. I think they're going to make small modifications, but I do think that they're going to put a different story into it. And uh, I, I think that you know whatever you th- cosmetic changes you want to say are there, it's going to be enough to even in a decrease in sales market will still generate 15 to 17 million in sales and that uh, that's nothing to sneeze at my friend. There's still a huge player base unlike any other. I mean you I can know. say you can say FIFA, you can say Battlefield, you can say Madden, you can say any uh, Elder Scrolls, you can even say Diablo and you can say you know World of Warcraft. You know, but they're all still second behind the Call of Duty franchise. And until I see otherwise, it's still Call of Duty as far as number one on the block. So I guess I'll just never understand what the fan base is well is well, it's just a, its own title of game. I mean how many God of Wars are there uh, now? Well I think they should have stopped those a long time ago, but uh, you know, eventually people do get sick and tired of certain games. I mean, with Ascension, you're right, Bryce. With Ascension, I mean, people really, really did not like the game, and the sales were extremely disappointing to Sony on that one. So I think, uh, you know, maybe that was because it was a predecessor and not something that was a continuation in the series itself. But um, well, that's, that's another story. That, that's what I'm saying. What is it going to take for people to finally just go, wow? It's only it's been how many Call of Duties and. Where are we now? It's definitely, it's definitely taken notice. Uh, people are getting tired of it, but there are still loyal fans to... There's always going to be loyal fans to a franchise. I mean, just for instance, Diablo 2 had people playing for 10, 10 years daily, you know. Well, some people like to play a certain type of game. And there, there is going to be franchise fatigue. I couldn't agree with you more. I just think, you know... Franchise, it, it's not something that will drop off overnight, Nick. I mean, it is going to be a gradual decline at some point in time in the series. But even if that's the case, you're still talking. If it's just even a gradual decline, you're still talking, like I said, 15 to 17 million in sales uh, on all platforms. So that's I, I, coming out. <laughs> yes. I, understand, I understand it from a marketing point of view. I, I mean, it's not that I don't understand that it's a cash cow. I, I get that concept. It's just... As somebody who is not a loyal fan to the to to the series, and and that's not because I I'm not I'm not a huge FPS fan. I mean, I play some first person shooters. Uh, I'm just not a particular fan of of Call of Duty. Um, you know, if you ask me why, you know, content wise, uh, just I'm not really big into war games. I, I mean, you know, and again, take my opinion for what it's worth. It's just somebody from the outside looking in. You know, and and trying to understand some of the insight as to why there's such a conservatively large fan base when it just seems like to me it is the same stuff over and over and over again with slight modifications. However, I mean, you're right. I can't disagree with you. It, it's just there is a loyal fan base, just like other series that have come out. And World of Warcraft is an excellent example of all the content that they've added onto that and Diablo and, you know, other things. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that makes sense. There's just a certain loyal fan base. But, 
you know, what at, at just at what point are they just going to go, guys? It's like we've been rehashing the same thing for the last six, seven years. Like, what do we do now? <laughs> Make more. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And they, and like I say, Activision, you know, has that track record of running things into the ground. I mean, the Guitar Hero is the probably the best way to explain it. Guitar Hero in the overall top selling games has several uh, of their iterations in the top 10, top 15 selling games of all time. But when it came down to it, they started just making too many, too fast, too soon, and it it died. And uh, the market dried out very quickly for it. Will the same thing happen to Call of Duty? We just have to wait and see. Well, on that note, hopefully the same thing happens to Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto V introduced three new videos on Tuesday. What do you freaking do? Giving everyone a better insight into the three main characters into the game. If you really care. After having seen the videos, as Grand Theft Auto V is cinched to exceed its predecessors in overall sales. Well, let's see. People actually still play Grand Theft Auto? Uh, yeah. Maybe GTA not 4. Yeah, GTA 4 has come out was uh has been quite popular, so how many different series can you pimp hoes and do drug deals and jack cars? I mean, at some point it's got to stop. I mean, it's like what what more is there to do, guys? It's like you did the same thing in the last game, you're just in a different well, city this time. But see, that's all you're looking at. You're looking at it in such a narrow, narrow vision. I mean, the Grand Theft Auto series, um, content-wise aside, is the preeminent open-world game, open-world series in video game. Uh, there, there's just no one that is more identified with an open-world game than than the Grand Theft Auto series. Um, and it's just if you look deeper into it, you'll find. That most of the Grand series, most of the iterations in the Grand Theft Auto series have have quality stories put in them. Um, they have depth where other games wouldn't, and and you just choose to see the bad side of it, and and I'll pick all the, the things that might be questionable to to an audience. Um, if you look deeper, or you were actually to play these games uh, in the series, you would actually find out that there's a lot. Uh, more going on than meets the eye initially, and there's a lot, lot of things for people to do and play and interact. And I thought GTA 4 for for a lot of individuals, myself included, was something that uh, uh, was uh, you know quite good for a, a long stretch of time. What about for you, Bryce? I uh, you know, never really got into Grand Theft Auto, but I did play GTA 4, and I did enjoy it. Uh, a whole lot, actually. I kind of regret not purchasing it myself. I, I, mean, I, I even like the online aspect of it. There were certain aspects of the online experience that were unique to it, um, and, and I just appreciate that aspect as well. But uh, the three new character trailers aside, uh, which uh, we've shown and displayed on our game source of Facebook page, uh, which you can you know just go on to Facebook and type in Game Source, pops right up. Like us while you're there, by the way. Um, I did want to ask you, Nick. There was another video that was recently released by Rockstar for the Grand Theft Auto V, which you recently uh, did a story on uh, in regards to I think it's the Epsilon 
uh, religious-themed based video, which you, again, uh, uh, could have seen on our GameSource fan, fan page. So, um, what were your thoughts on that? I know you actually on you had a column that you wrote recently on it. Is that correct? And actually, it's on the video. Um, I do remember now is actually on that uh, column that you wrote on the SOS Rage page. Correct? Yeah, I mean, outside of the fact of a lot of the problems I have with Grand Theft Auto and the underlying tunes it has, anyway, which regardless of how much of an open world game it is, when it comes down to it, you are still performing the same limited actions, regardless of how open world it is. You are given tasks, and whether that involves murdering people, stealing from people, killing people, flaming bomb their car, whatever. It's still, regardless of how open world it is, you're still contained within doing the same monotonous tasks regardless. However, that aside, um, I had a real... Well, this time, well, this time they're actually, like I said, introducing a whole new element to the game, and they're actually introducing, like I said, the video which you took exception to um, was uh, introducing a religious theme or something of that yeah. nature as far as a religion that you either go and get involved with or destroy or something of that matter in the actual game. Um, and, and I just wanted to you know, make sure everybody knows that you've got a column on there. If you could just share some insight with everybody out there on your thoughts on approaching that subject in the Grand Theft Auto series. I, I really think, and I have to really censor myself here because of obvious reasons, however, uh, with the uh, with the religious conflicts that are going on right now within the world, uh, and that's between uh, you know, certain discrepancies with uh, you know, related to marriage, certain people and things of that nature, I think games are taking a painful approach in manipulating the concept of what religion is. And um, to be completely honest with you, I, I was very offended by, by that video. And I'm even more so offended by the fact that they would have even implemented that kind of twisted and distorted, demented uh, uh, religious concept into a game. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'll tell you, the, the religious aspect is what held me back from giving Bioshock uh, such an outstanding score, even though the game overall was great. Um, again, I, this religious, the religious undertone is, is just such a problem for me. And to, I, I guess as a parent, and I don't know, maybe somebody who's not a parent uh, can, can see the, the ideology behind it a little bit different. However, as a parent, I'm thinking... You know, it, would I allow my, my child to sit down and, and play this game? I mean, uh, we are just instilling the, the absolute incorrect values in our children. And I think for game developers to, to, to sit down and to, to construct such a twisted, demented, distorted sense of reality and, and to apply that, that physic to a game is just, is just wrong. You know, if you're going to make a game about going out killing people and, and pimping out people and, you know, like I said, drug deals or whatever, you know, that that's your prerogative. OK, you're going to you know, you're going to teach people how to extort other people. I mean, you know, that's whatever that that's your concept of a game. You know what? Run with it. Whatever. 
However, when you start getting into the, the religious aspect of things, I, I really think that's a very sensitive area for people. I know it's a sensitive area for me, and to be completely honest with you, it, it really it really is a determining factor for me um, on game I'll play. And again, Bioshock, because of my attachment to that series prior, is probably the only reason I actually played through that game um, in its entirety. However, I'll tell you, if it was any other series that I, I was fairly unfamiliar with or or didn't have a real established report playing with, uh, I would not have played that game through. And and it really because of the the, the serious religious undertone was just it, it just bothered me. And I really think that uh, again as listed in my, my column, I'll give you the sum up version of it, is basically uh not for word for word, I'm probably elaborating on it, but uh, the bottom line is is that I feel as though they took the commandments and uh, distorted them. Uh, they they twisted them, and um, it's almost as if they're they're making a joke about it. And and that's that's not something that's funny to me. And it, it's not funny. Um, I don't find anything comical to be about that. I don't find anything to be mildly humorous about that. I find that to be very offending and very insulting to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, outside of really writing them and giving them a real piece of my mind, which I probably should, uh, I do not think that has any place being in a game at all. And I just feel very strongly about that. And, and, you know, from a parent, uh, from a, you know, from my own Christian beliefs and, and whatnot, um, you know, it, it's it's very hard to displace myself and, and, and put myself in a third party position because um, it, it that is something that that has a lot of very uh, uh, significant undertones that I do not agree with. So that's how I feel about that whole thing. Bryce, uh, did you get a chance to see that uh, particular video? Um, no, I did not get a chance. But from what I hear, there are interesting new developments coming our way. Um, getting it's, back it's, to the, well, go ahead. Oh no! It's it's almost cult like in the way it it, it the it's yeah, presented and shown. It is, so. and to me that doesn't really bother me. I, everyone has their own personal opinions about certain aspects of life, but it's my personal opinion that a game developer should be able to make a game they want to make. Uh, whatever entails inside that game is completely up to their choice. And whether or not you purchase the game or let your kids buy the game is your choice. That's how I feel about that. Getting to the question at hand is will it outsell its predecessors? Most likely. You know, Grand Theft Auto is a huge selling franchise. And I know people, as soon as they launch the uh, just the, the announcement that there's going to be five, people can wait to get their hands on it. I, uh, I I agree with you on that because also it's going to be on several different platforms this time. Um, I have a feeling it's also going to be on the next-gen platforms as well. Um, but plus, I think what Rockstar is able to do with the Grand Theft Auto series is that it spaces it out. Spaces it out as far as the series is concerned. They don't do an Activision Call of Duty deal where it's a new iteration every year. They wait until actually you know i misquoted in a previous podcast that it was 2009 it's actually 2008 uh april 2008 when uh gta 
uh, 4 came out. So it's been a little while since that game uh, has been iterated. Now, obviously, they added the DLC with the the Lost and the Damned, and then also as well, the Ballad of Gay Tony. Uh, those kept the series alive uh, for a little while longer, but, uh, uh, you know, for an actual iteration, uh, it's been several years, and I think that just only whets the appetite further for the individual fans of GTA out there. Nick? Yeah. Sorry to get you all worked up there, angry Nick. No, that's okay. I everybody's entitled to their opinion. I don't, I don't. I think some things just draw the line and don't need to be put in video games. And I don't really give a crap what the developers think. But um, that's why I'm not in that field. So that's why I do what I do because I can speak freely and not have to give uh, rats, you know, what anybody thinks. So. Ubisoft and Sony unveiled fantastic new videos for Watch Dogs. Actually, from the little I did see, Watch Dogs actually does look pretty cool. Um, And Beyond Two Souls, respectively. Um, After watching uh, those two videos, um, if you have not checked them out, Gerald, I can't imagine that they would not be on our website, right? Uh, they have been on uh, posted on our website several occasions uh, uh, through the fa- via the Facebook page, uh, Game Source, or if you go straight to www.yourgamesource.com, you go down to where it says like, you hit the like button, instantly our news feed pops up, and yes, uh, the videos have popped up, and then Watch Dogs has been also uh, presented on our on our videos page at yourgamesource.com, and I'm sure we'll be going to be putting more Watch Dog videos up very soon as well. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't see the new one yet. I know I saw the one that they presented at the Sony conference, and that one looked that one looked good. So I'll have to check that one out. Um, but uh, rightfully, you know, moving on. Between, I don't want to say between those two videos, but um, which one do you think will ultimately earn you know higher praise? I, I mean, I think Watch Dogs is probably a more established title. Uh, between Beyond Two Souls and Watch Dogs, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. I I would have to put my vote in for Watch Dogs. What appeals to you and what little you've seen of it to make that determination, sir? Well, I mean, from what I've, you know, pre- and again, not having really played played the game in depth or anything, I, I mean, I just thought from the from what I did see, it just, um, I don't know, just kind of the, the ambience it has, um, it just kind of has this. Uh, I again, I mean, they didn't show that much of it, but it kind of has that open world. Um, you you kind of have that free roam ability, but at the same time, just has that kind of that kind of dark, mysterious am- ambience. And you just uh, again, it's just I don't know, kind of the environment kind of appealed to me, and it just looked like I mean, graphically, the game just was amazing um, from what I've seen. And it just, uh, I don't know, it just seemed like it was kind of a, kind of a cool concept for a game. Uh, just kind of the whole, the whole conceptually what, what drives the, what drives the game. And again, I, you know, not knowing entirely too much about it at this point and, you know, having only seen a, a brief, you know, brief part of the game, I don't know. It just kind of, popped out at me and and just seemed like it would be kind of a kind of a cool game so 
And uh, I don't know if you have you seen any footage of the Beyond Two Souls, which you, we've. You know, I haven't, unfortunately. Um, that I think you should definitely take a look at because uh, with uh, voice actors such as Alan Page and Will, Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. uh, and their likenesses transposed on screen that are that you know with such eerie detail, uh, making it you know close to this you know at the end of this generation one of the the finest looking games out there uh, that have ever been presented. Uh, I think it does show a lot of promise as well. Um, Bryce, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Have you had a chance to see both videos? I have. Um, I don't know if you remember, in the beginning of the year, you asked me which game I'm most excited about, and I, I told you Watch Dogs. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, I apologize. And you, you, everyone was uh, did not know if it was going to come out sometime this year, which is still unknown. But I, I did make note that Watch Dogs was an up-and-coming title several months ago. Watch Dogs is uh, is coming out in November this year. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't actually uh, paid attention to the, to the later dates in the year. Um, if I put any thought into it, I would say Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs appeals to me because it's a game where it looks like you have control. Control uh, sort of to, to control a city is something new. It can be used in a lot of different interesting ways. Uh, to control technology is definitely an aspect in this current generation that is very appealing. As far as beyond, what I've seen of it, it looks like you're you're pretty much playing to get to cutscenes. You're kind of going through a movie. I mean, the story and the visuals look amazing, but to me, that's not entirely a game. That's more of a an interactive story, if I say so. Uh, kind of like what Quantic Dream has uh, produced in the past, correct? Correct. With Heavy Rain, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, was accused in a lot of ways of the same thing. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, for me, uh, if that's the case, I think I'm going to third that uh, sentiment. I just think Watch Dogs of the two will ultimately be more successful um, just because there's been a lot more hype put on it. Um, I think... Uh, it's going to be very close as far as what both games will look like as far as the fidelity and graphics of it uh, from that aspect of it. I think both will be uh, top-notch in, uh, in that realm. I just think, uh, like you said, when it comes to gameplay, I think that, that what Watch Dogs will represent uh, will be something different and unique uh, than what other games that we played before. And I just think on that aspect alone, it will make itself quite attractive to uh, to a larger audience, ultimately. So, sir? All right. Well, we are going to head to a break. And when we come back, we'll pick up and conclude this podcast. Well, what are we going to go next to? Well, we're going to go to a break. Then we come back. We do the round table of doom, and then podcast. And there you go, the round table of doom. The round table of doom. All right, guys, welcome back to the round table of doom. 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 Nintendo announces that they will not have an official E3 press conference. Uh, Bryce, that was what I was discussing with you prior to the podcast. Uh, But they will have smaller events during that time period, which we are hoping to be a part of. 
Nintendo also recently reported a $189 million loss in their last fiscal year. Ouch. And their most recent update, claiming a substantial decrease in loading times, has not come to fruition. So, that begs the question. Does Nintendo have a clue? In the round table of doom. That's not very nice. Oh, that actually rhymed. Um, Gerald? Well, I guess this uh, starts off with me because I based this uh, on uh, some articles I wrote about a couple weeks ago based on does Nintendo have a clue? Uh, this was even before that they made the announcement that they weren't going to do an official large-scale E3 press conference and that they were going to do, uh, you know, ultimately they announced that they're going to do something uh, smaller at their E3 booth before E3 opens, and then also have a closed door, uh, I guess, presentation at the Nokia centers, but for only the retailers and it's no press allowed. Um, so that being the case, uh, I had mentioned, uh, and you can catch it still, uh, either on my Yes Elvis Liz page um, at yourgamesearch.com or uh, my entire transcript where I'm going back and forth uh, over several days with Super Pouring, a.k.a. Jeremiah, um, we actually went back and forth on our point counterpoint section. If you go to www.yourgamesource.com and you go look down, you'll see the point counterpoint page. You just click on that icon and you can actually catch the whole transcript of several days worth of uh, discussion on whether or not um, uh, Nintendo has a clue. Do I think Nintendo have has a you know do do they have a clue? I guess in the word no, uh, because it just they just seem to be going in all different directions. Um, I complained at the time that they they have these Nintendo directs um, to announce all their their continuing line of of remakes and and new iterations of the same characters that you've seen many times before. And and I felt that that actually they could have been better suited to put this in the forefront at E3, and to utilize these new Nintendo Directs to bring out and introduce new products and introduce to the customer new ideas, new concepts as a way to garner more interest in the Wii U and also the 3DS as well. But. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, after going back and forth with Jeremiah several days on it, um, he tried to convince me that, that the 3DS was, you know, in such a lofty stature um, as far as where it stands sales wise, and that it's, you know, not as adversely affected as many think by the mobile gaming market. Um, and the 3D, and excuse me, the, the Wii U um, ultimately, you know, will get itself in the right direction. Um, I, I just don't share that, that same positivity on it. I really think that, that it's, you know, without a severe price cut and, and some attractive third-party software to go along with it, I really don't think the, the Wii U will have a long stay. Uh, I really think it will have its issues, uh, and I think it's the GameCube of this generation uh, in that it, it will have a short shorter lifespan than, than what Nintendo really wanted. Um, and this year especially is going to be a hurting one for, for Wii U because you not only have the new consoles that are coming out from both Microsoft and Sony, which will be substantially better for technically right around the same price, 
they'll most likely both those companies as well simultaneously will dramatically reduce in price most likely common sense will would tell you that they most likely dropped in price the xbox 360 and playstation 3 thus making those systems which have a comparable graphic power to the wii u much more attractive than the wii u itself so who's the one that's left out in the cold the wii u and i think the because of that, uh, you know, those issues, plus the fact that that I think mobile gaming is taking a chunk out of the 3DS. I don't think the Vita is, obviously, but I think mobile gaming with tablet gaming and people interested in, in cell phone games and things of that nature and how easy and accessible they are, I think they are taking a bigger chunk than most people think on the 3DS. And I think ultimately, when you're not able to to get your priorities straight on what you want to introduce to the public and when, um, and also the fact that they're basically throwing the white flag and saying we don't have anything really substantial to show on a large scale at E3 as opposed to our competitors, that uh, just really just tells me at this point in time that Nintendo wasn't looking that far ahead as far as what their competitors were doing and didn't take enough steps necessary to to try and uh, compete with that on uh, a high enough level. Uh, Bryce, uh, I guess uh, that's what I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, sir? Does Nintendo have a clue? Um, I think they're just playing it safe. Most uh, there, There's nothing... I agree with you completely on everything you just said. With the new consoles coming out, they're pretty much just trying to stay afloat as far as sales. And with the new consoles at E3 and Nintendo have our, having already shown and released this generation's console, which I feel has had a poor selling point. Since I only know Jeremiah, who owns a Wii U and uh, various games. I do want to. I do want to say Jamie does as well. Jamie. So, but, but those are the only people I know who even own a Wii U. Unfortunately, I'm sure the game has great capabilities. Um, it's just it it didn't appeal like the Wii did, and unfortunately, Nintendo really banks on nostalgia for one and quirky ideas that no one has ever seen before. That's how the Wii sold so well with and the, the, and that, the and those quirky ideas if I may interrupt for just a second those quirky ideas tapped into a larger general audience that yeah. that Microsoft and Sony couldn't at that time and, yeah. and they're not able to recreate that now at least not as of yet no uh, Nintendo were the first to realize that consoles are no longer for gamers but are for a large you know, family home as well. Uh, it's used for everything. So, um, that's why the success intended was was so well. I, I perceive, but the I don't know how I want to put this. Um, it seems that no one's falling for Nintendo's tricks this time around. Is probably the the best way to really put that. Well said, well said. <laughs> so, I think Nintendo is just trying to keep what they have alive and are maybe 
waiting to see what the, the bigger guys reveal so they can go back to the drawing board and integrate and improve on maybe for next generation or for this generation's Wii U and try to outdo them in the long run rather than hoping what they've shown of their hand now prevails over everything. Nick, sir, what do you think? I I, I do think that they they are trying to reach out a little bit and are, are concerned a little bit about the, the smartphone and tablet market because the rumor has now that they're trying to integrate smartphone apps into the Wii U. So I know that's at least an acknowledgement that they are concerned somewhat for their 3DS and the Wii U. But, uh, you know, that's uh, at what level, I'm not really entirely 100% sure. But, Nick, uh, do you think Nintendo has a clue? I just think that they are behind the eight ball to perform. And um, to be honest with you, I, I don't really have an opinion on that. I, I don't know if I've seen enough. The. I don't know if I've seen enough um, games come out for me to really formulate an impression. I, I think Nintendo has kind of always been behind eight ball to perform, just with again, like you stated about, um, you know, just capability wise, in comparison to what the PlayStation Three and Xbox offers, and just I think uh, between Sony and Microsoft, they they receive. Or not even so much received, but they have more uh, first-party and third-party titles um, that are higher on the popularity scale than what Nintendo usually has the privilege of having. And I don't know if it's so much that that Nintendo. I I I don't know. I think Nintendo is is so has been so focused more on the family, if that makes any sense. That uh, I think they're. The uh, the genre of games that are are that have historically been released for the the Wii and the Wii U and whatnot, the Nintendo DS have just historically been geared towards uh, family, more family family friendly games and, and the younger generation, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just think that on the level against Sony and Microsoft, that that's kind of always put them down in the ranks. Um, and obviously, as history history says, uh, as history dictates, that uh, you know, obviously the Wii U, the, the Wii U, I'm sorry, the Wii, Nintendo Wii, when it originally came out, you know, sales were skyrocketing because it was a new concept. But I think after the PlayStation Move and uh, Microsoft Connect, it really it 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 dwarfed the capabilities of the Wii, and 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 then it suddenly just became a system that was kind of obsolete to, to, to be in all honesty so I, I, the Wii U doesn't necessarily appeal to me as a consumer because I think that overall there's just uh, there's just too much to it I guess I, I think it's the, the Wii was a little more simplistic I think it was more pick up and go the fact that you have a tablet to operate your Wii just seems a little overkill I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think they. I don't think it's that they don't have a clue. I just. I don't know. I can't. I, I can't. I can't give you an honest answer on that because I can't really formulate an opinion. 
It's just based on speculation. So. Okay, well, what do you see as the outlook for the company, at least as far as the short term is concerned? I think if they don't establish some means of captivating a greater audience, their sales are going to really take a dive. I think if they don't innovate okay. some new concept or idea to to pull people to really draw people in to, to come up like a, you know to release another Zelda game or something I, I mean do something that you know bring back you know I mean if you got to bring back Icarus I, I mean do whatever you got to do to try to to try to, to to captivate and draw your audience back in because I really think their fan base I don't want to really say their fan base is, is diminishing but I think it's I think people are so are so drawn in and 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 drawn in anticipation with with Sony and Microsoft that I mean Nintendo's kind of being left out in the left out in the cold. So their short term projection is that their sales are really going to take a significantly uh, um, hard impact if they don't if they don't try to introduce a new concept that'll that'll sell. So. But uh, they are introducing iterations, new iterations of the Zelda franchise. But I was just making an example, though. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, if you want to talk about this more, anyone out there, you can always send us an email at yourgamesource@yahoo.com. Um, also, as well, our forum page at your, yourgamesource.com slash forum.html. Uh, and you can sound off and and uh, let us know what you think on that if Nintendo really has a clue. And uh, like we were discussing at the beginning of the podcast, keep a lookout for the E3 page. Um, I will be constructing a nifty little banner for everybody's convenience to be able to put on there so you can quickly get to it. And Jira will be providing uh, FTP sources and video content as well as podcast material and lots and lots of video. Um, it will also have a uh, live feed similar to our homepage of all the latest that you can actually check out right there. So all the announcements will be put right there as well. And we'll also have uh, a smaller version of our forum uh, on, the, on that page as well. So you can give us instant feedback uh, as well on, on what you're looking at and um, as far as what you're interested in or what you really don't think is, is going to be very good coming out of E3. You can actually just let us know instantly that way as well. So absolutely so thank you everyone for joining us and uh, we hit the big 7-0 today so until next time uh, Bryce Gerald thank you gentlemen for joining us tonight on today's podcast and until next time uh, Rivadenci yes have a good one everyone